Thanks for downloading the ad-supported, amalgamated version of Cubs Pod, brought to you by the Sun Ranto Show and Bleacher Bunch Productions. It's a whole series worth of Cubs Pods released as one episode. For Cubs Pod's daily recaps and previews delivered to your inbox and podcatcher of choice on a daily basis, join Sun Ranto's Patreon campaign for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o. It's completely ad-free, so you won't waste your time fast-forwarding through stupid ads like this one. Sometimes there can be as many as 11 ads in one show. Please help support independent Cubs podcasting. Otherwise, the only voices you'll hear will be Cubs corporate media approved. It's only $1 a month, not even $0.03 a day. Plus, you get access to the Ranter Discord where awesome Cubs fans like you are talking about the Cubs every single day. It's an awesome community of awesome people. And if you're not a part of it, you're just missing out. Come join the Super Ranters at patreon.com slash sunranto. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Thanks, and now enjoy multiple Cubs pods smashed into one episode with a bunch of stupid ads slapped on it because you refuse to support us at patreon.com slash sunranto and get the daily show. Support us. Now here's Cubs pod. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, a Yankee Doodle Do or Die. Actually, I suppose I'm a Yankee Doodle Danny. Uh, on the 4th of July, and I'd like to wish a happy birthday to uh, ranter Tom Yant. He was born on the 4th of July, and today's his birthday. So if uh, you know Tom or are friends with him on Facebook or whatever, wish him a happy birthday. Um, can't say I've got great news for everybody, but I will start with a bit of Cubs news uh, instead of talking about yesterday's absolutely horrible showing of baseball prowess in Milwaukee by the Chicago Cubs, Daniel Palencia is coming up to the big club. And at first, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, Daniel Palencia, let me look up his numbers. Well, that's not great. Um, let's start with where he was when he was pretty good. So at, he was at South Bend in 2022. He had a 394 ERA in 75 innings pitched. He had 98 strikeouts in that time. In 2023, it has not gone quite as well between AA Tennessee and AAA Iowa. He had a 790 ERA at Iowa, 587 at Tennessee, but yet once again, the strikeouts are there. He has 36 strikeouts in 29 innings. And uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I saw that Brian Smith over at uh, his Cubs prospects over at Bleacher Nation he wrote a little thread on Twitter, which was what to expect when you're expecting Daniel Palencia. 
Brian Smith, if you don't know, is pretty much a minor leagues expert and with his focus being on the Cubs. And so his work is absolutely great, along with Greg Huss, um, for us to know what the hell's going on down in, in the minor leagues without being a total prospect pervert like those guys. So let, let me just read from his thread here about Daniel Palencia, who's coming up today. He's 23 years old, and he was acquired for Chafin. Uh, I'm going to kind of skip through the parts where he gets flowery about stuff like, thanks to good work by pro scouting department. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this, this ain't that show, you know what I mean? Um, but when they required, uh, acquired him, he had thrown just 14.1 bad-ish pro innings up until that point. Uh, yeah, the ERA he's got a he's got a 4.76 minor league ERA, but he has got 186 strikeouts in 145 innings. So here we go, folks. So he's 5'11", 160, but apparently he's added weight since he has been signed. He's got a strong lower half. He's got a double-plus fastball uh, that actually benefits from his short stature. Um, Probably a tunneling thing. Uh, And he would have been Rule 5 eligible in December, but the Cubs, in their infinite wisdom... uh, did not want to let him reach that point, and they fast-tracked his development as a relief pitcher uh, where they want him to be. And the results have been mixed, as I've kind of told you. He's got the strikeouts, but he's given up runs. Uh, Brian says he needs to learn the nuance of relief preparation uh, in that he has seen a bad outing once every four times in AAA. But lately... The swing and miss has ticked ticked up, and in his last six outings in Iowa, he has a 42.3% K rate and 26 swing and misses, whiffs on 104 pitches. The fastball clocks in at 99 to 101, and he's got a sinker and a four-seamer that he's throwing, but they're pretty similar. Uh, he's got a change up at 85 to 90. So that's pretty big difference between the fastball. And Brian Smith says he likes it, the change up. He also has a slider and a cutter, um, but they have been inconsistent and they come in also at a right 88 to 92. Uh, Palencia is looking like a late inning relief potential guy. And. I mean, what can you say? He's the guy throws a hundred. Tommy Hadavi, do do something with this guy. Um, it, yeah, I I don't know what to say. Um, this guy, Daniel Palencia. I mean, you throw a hundred, you're definitely gonna get a lot of looks. Kind of reminds me of Manrod, and kind of what they're saying about him, throwing hard, short guy. Anyway, he's coming up. I don't know if that means Madrigal is going to the IL or something else is going to happen. That much has not been announced yet. I guess I'll check back. Uh, I guess I'll check back uh, before this Cubs pod is over. In 45 minutes and I'm getting. I, I will run through this because there is a Sun Ranto show that we recorded last night. And I figure uh, that's going to take up a good couple hours of your time. You don't need... Any more on this loss where the Cubs did lose 8-6 to to the Milwaukee Brewers up in uh, Milwaukee. 
and Smiley versus Tehran. That's that was the matchup here. Uh, Cubs got it going early, but not real early. In the top of the first, there were a couple ground outs from Tockman, who continued to lead off. And Horner, Young reached on an error, batting third, and he stole second, but Hap struck out. Couldn't add, couldn't get it done there. In the bottom of the first, uh, Contreras struck out. Uh, that's, uh, of course, William Contreras, not Wilson. Uh, Yelich and Adamas hit the ball hard, but they were outs. And I was like, huh, harbinger of doom here? These guys are hitting the ball hard. Anyway, it didn't amount to anything. And in the top of the second, the Cubs got it going. Swanson doubled. Belly singled. Morell doubled. Madrigal flew out. But Barnhart singled. Tockman walked. And uh, with then Horner popped out and Young flew out. But after the Swanson and Morell doubles, the belly singled. Uh, uh, Barnhart as well. And the Walkman... Walk, the Walkman to Talkman. The Walk to Talkman, he's a Walkman. Uh, they got uh, three runs after all that. And everybody was sitting there thinking, eh, which we could have gotten more. And it turns out the Cubs would need more. In the bottom of the second, Andrew Monasterio got a two-out single, and uh, but nothing came of it. And in this inning, I believe he was the leadoff hitter of the inning, Owen Miller struck out on an auto strike. And it really pissed off Coomdog because it was one of those he's not ready in the box when the pitch is coming. But Coom was like, he's standing there. He's, you know, maybe his eyes aren't right there at that moment, but he's looking ready-ish, you know. Anyway, uh, Coom was like, they need to add some extra seconds to this thing. And I'm, I don't think that fixes it. Um, Just because then... It'll take two more seconds for that to be called when the guy just, I don't know, isn't exactly looking at the pitcher for that moment, you know. And fine, it, it, you put it on the batter, the rules look on the pitcher, but at the pitcher. But either way, it pissed off Coomdog because he's like, that's not baseball. And I agree. Nobody wants to see a guy that's uncompetitive. You know, nobody wants to see an auto strike get a guy out. You, you just don't want to see it. It's It's dumb. Nobody likes it. So why do we need it? Um, just a little diatribe. I, I won't go further because uh, you already have a lot to listen to today from Sunranto. But in the top of the third, the Cubs kept piling on. These are the runs we were looking for in the last inning. Uh, Swanson singled with one out. And then with two outs, Morell singled. Madrigal doubled. Barnhart singled again. And if you listen to the Sunranto show, you know that Tucker Barnhart was the pick to click, if you will. Uh you know, you have to be a Cubs pod subscriber to know these inside information like Tucker Barnhart could actually be good. Anyway, Teheran uh, committed a balk. Talkman grounded out, but it was six to nothing Cubs and things were looking pretty good, except for that. That was the end of the scoring for the Chicago Cubs. And it certainly was not the end of the scoring for for the Brewers who hadn't even scored yet. In the bottom of the third with uh, there, were, there was a one-out walk, and then uh, Contreras doubled, and then Yelich tripled. Uh, but I put triple in quotes here because that play should have been young, made by Jared Young. It was pretty much right to him. It was a ground ball. It was hit pretty hard. 
but not so hard that he couldn't make the play. And he absolutely should have at least knocked this ball down. Instead, it goes down the line and Yelich hits a quote-unquote triple. Adamas uh, singled, and that cut the lead in half to 6-3. to three. Uh, There were a couple strikeouts in this inning, but by the end of the bottom of the third, it was 6-3. to three. In the top half of the fourth, Hap singled with two outs, but nothing else happened. Monasterio and Joey Weimer uh, in the bottom of the fourth both walked and then did a double steal. Uh, Caratini grounded out, but not before Nick Madrigal uh, was hurt on a missed pop foul. Um, Turned out it was his hammy. That got pulled, a little tender there. I don't know the status of the IL stint for him, which would really be a shame because if you remember, that was the issue before with Nick Madrigal. And that's what kept him on the IL for, I mean, nearly a year, if not more than a year. Um, I don't know if it's the same hamstring either. So I, I probably, if it's the other one, then we're really fucked because now he's got two bad hammies. So uh, Terang popped out to Madrigal, but then the infamous double switch came and Fulmer came into the game to replace Smiley, at which point he took the Madrigal's spot in the batting order, eighth, and Morell, who was the DH, moved to third base. Um, at that point, we have now lost our designated hitter, and Fulmer is in the lineup, but at least he got Contreras to ground out, and the Cubs were still winning 6-3. to three. In the top of the fifth, Cubs go 1-2-3, Fulmer batted, because not only, not only did Fulmer get inserted to the lineup and the Cubs lose their DH, but he was batting third in the next inning. Now, what should have happened, of course, and, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's not in this case. Um, you never should lose your DH, especially when you have a completely full bench. There had been no substitutions in this game so far. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that we have an actual other third baseman that wasn't already playing in this game, but uh, Morrell does play third, but... Hasn't this year, so he's barely a third baseman in the eyes of the Cubs. But do you know who had played third base? His first baseman, Jared Young, who could have gone over and played third base at this point because you have first baseman on the bench. You even have one in the field if you want to do it that way. You could have just inserted Trey Mancini into this game at that point playing first base. Instead, that's not what you did. You lost your DH like a moron. Uh, you could have had Bellinger, who actually was removed from this game later, and Tachman moved over to center, which was also a dumb move. I'll talk about that later. But you could have thrown Bellinger at first base, moved Tachman over to center, where he plays all the time, and he was playing in right field. And then you just bring Seiya Suzuki into the game, and you still don't lose your DH. And um, But no, that's not what happened. What happened was Ross pooped himself. Ross GPT is, honestly, this was might be one of the dumbest baseball moves I've ever seen in my life. I, and I'm, I, it really is. And like, you know, I kind of clocked it in the moment and I was more confused by it. And, you know, when you're confused by something, it's like, 
you know, there must be some reason to do it. There was none. There was no reason to do this. Zero freaking reasons. Well, I will move on. At least Fulmer <laughs> was, at least Fulmer pitched well. Um, like a, like a poor hitting, like a poor hitting uh, hitter should be a, a good pitcher at least. In the bottom of the fifth, uh, Fulmer did give up a leadoff walk to Yelich and a two-out walk to Perkins, but Monasterio flew out. You know, there were a lot of new names for me in this Brewers lineup. I want to talk, Eric Wheelow was not available to come on the show, unfortunately, but it was a little disappointing to see all these new names be the ones that are in first place. All these guys that came back and beat the Cubs yesterday, many of them are rookies and they will be a thorn in our side for the foreseeable future. And with our professional travel ball boys, losing to these guys it's it's a little disheartening overall in the top of the sixth barnhart and talkman cade uh horner lied out to center cubs go one two three in the bottom of the six fulmer still out there goes one two three on the brewers cubs are still winning this game six to three in the top of the seventh to Heron, who went way even though he gave up six runs went way longer in this game than drew smiley did and he was pulled for J.B. Bukoskis. Young got hit by a pitch. Uh, Ian Happ hit into a double play. And, and Swanson walked and belly lined out. So a little bit of noise off of J.B. Bukoskis, but the Cubs could not put a run across. As I said, they were already done with their scoring. In the bottom of the seventh, this is where the disaster started. Um, Merriweather came into the game and it was scary weather for him and us. Uh, Yelich had a one out single Miller, a two out walk. And then Rymel Tapia came in as a pinch hitter and he walked to load the bases. When Jesse Winker was announced as the pinch hitter for Monasterio, Told you a lot of new names. So Ross GPT decides to bring in K, the lefty, uh, to face Winker. At that point, Council burns the manager of the Brewers, if you didn't know. Council burns Winker and brings in Jamai Jones for his first at bat of the season. Hope you're nervous because you should be. Uh, veteran Jesse Winker burned for Jemai Jones, who had a cup of coffee uh, with the with L.A. and Baltimore. Uh, I don't know if that's it's the Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California on the West Coast. So Jemai Jones, who I'd never heard of, comes into this game and hits a bases clearing double. He hadn't played in the major leagues since 2021. But get to know Jamai Jones, Cub Killer. Then, yeah, uh, Merriweather uh, walked Weimer, another new name for Cubs fans. Caratini was hit by a pitch, and Ross GPT uh, made his moves <laughs> at this point with the game 6-6. Six to six. 
Um, here, here comes Talkman. Here's the move that should happen before Talkman moves to center field. Saya comes into right to replace K, batting eighth now. Lighter Jr. comes in for K. Bellinger's out of the game. Lighter Jr.'s now in the lineup for Belly. And not that you'll need, you know, a left-handed former MVP in a tie game. I mean, you know, why would you need that later on in the game? You don't. You just don't need it. Bruce Terang uh, did strike out looking, and Leiter did his job. In the top of the eighth, uh, Council, and I didn't notice this while the game was going on, but Council showed up Ross GPT uh, by... Basically showing him how to do it. He moved Owen Miller, the first baseman, to third base. <laughs> Tapia, <clears throat> excuse me, Tapia, who had come in as a pinch hitter, he stayed in the game to play right field. Telez, Rowdy Telez, who was on the bench still, came in to play first base for Jabai Jones. He had that bat later in the game. And Joel Piamps came in to pitch. He was not in the batting order. And, and uh, Craig Council did not lose his DH in this slurry, uh, flurry of moves. A slurry of moves is really more <laughs> what Ross, Ross GPT did. A slurry of moves for Ross, a flurry of moves for Council. God, he just got pantsed. So anyway, Joel Piamps came in and he got the Cubs one, two, three. Leiter Jr. had his second inning of work in the bottom of the eighth, and he gave up singles to Contreras and Yelich, moving Contreras to third. Yelich stole second. Really, Adamas, he singled in Contreras. Yelich went to third base. Um, Then uh, Owen Miller hit a sack fly, and then Leiter got the last two outs and the loss, because if you weren't keeping score here, um, all that flurry of hits resulted in two runs in the bottom of the eighth. It was then eight to six. Bad guys in the top of the ninth. Horner doubled with one out. Hap walked with two outs, but uh, Dansby got called out on a pitch that just touched the zone, and that was it. There was no bottom of the ninth because they didn't need it because the Brewers were winning and the home team fans went home happy. And the Cub fans drove two hours back to wherever they live in the state of Illinois, being like, what the fuck, Cubs? What the ever-loving fuck? One of the worst games of the year, which is why it's worth talking about, because there's lots of blame to go around. But mostly, you got to blame David Ross. You know, they say a manager is only worth a couple wins or losses a year. I would say that David Ross has earned his nickname of David Loss with this particular loss. If you want to look at the game overall, the Cubs struck out nine times, but they were four for 11 with runners in scoring position, which usually ain't too bad. In fact, scoring six runs ain't too bad. Should win those games. Uh, Dansby had two hits, but he also struck out twice. Uh, Morell and Barnhart each had two hits. So you can't blame the players. They they did their. I mean, the bats did disappear towards the end of the game. I still don't like what Ian Happ is doing. It's uh, hasn't been good. He gets this big ass contract and then just sucks. Like, I, is it, it mental playing up to the contract? I don't know. We should talk about it on a future show.
But uh, today's game is at 310 Central, being that it is a holiday. Kyle Hendricks with his uh, ERA in the high twos, which is hell, hella good. Um, specifically, it's 281. Is going up against ex-Cub, Wade Miley, who was on the team as recently as last year. He has a 302 ERA. He was injured, and we never saw him again, but he was pretty good for us, if you remember. 302 ERA, 5-2. and two. I mean, not too shabby. And he does throw with his left hand, if you didn't remember that. Kyle Hendricks has been great for the Cubs. The last time he went out there, he went seven innings, gave up three runs, but the Cubs lost 3-1 to one. <laughs> against the Phillies. He's been good since he came back, the gem being an eight-inning one-hitter. Uh, just, just awesome to have Kyle back. He's been doing great. And uh, the Brewers have seen him quite a bit, especially Christian Yelich. But he's only he's slashing 227, 340, 409 for a 749 OPS in 53 plate appearances. Jesse Winker has seen him 28 times. He's got a one, an OPS over 1,000, so don't pinch to him. He's 10 for 26 with a homer and three doubles. Um, batting 385, like just don't pitch to Winker if he's in there, and he probably should be because Craig Council's obviously smart. Luis Arias, he's four for 20 with two doubles, so not very good. And then it really falls off from there. Willie Adamas stinks against him, two for 14. Brian Anderson's two for 10. Rowdy Telez is three for 10 with a home run. Um, but overall, you know, it's a mixed bag. Uh, they've seen him a lot. 167 plate appearances, a 708 OPS, which is pretty good. But uh, 240 batting average, 295 OPE, but with some slug at 413. So let's hope Hendo can keep the ball in the park. Victor Caratini has a dong off of him, too. Who, I mean, it's the one thing. I always think catchers have a bit of an advantage when it comes to uh, knowing a guy's stuff. And uh, Victor Caratini certainly knows what Kyle Hendricks can throw. Wade Miley uh, only went four innings against the Mets. Gave up two runs on three hits last time out. 74 pitches. So his pitch count has been pretty low his last three games. 67 pitches, 77 pitches. So I don't know. They're being careful with him. Um, Council knows Miley very well. He was on the team before and did quite well for him before. He's just really made his rounds around the NL Central on the Reds for years. Um, so, yeah, Miley's uh, been pretty good. Uh, he's had a stinker against the Dodgers where he gave up seven runs. But other than that, he hasn't given up more than three. He's got a bunch of zero runs, uh, uh Four times he's not let up any runs and gone five or six innings. So maybe the Cubs should have thought about re-signing Wade Miley instead of Drew Smiley. Maybe they got confused and thought that Wade Miley was Smiley. I don't know. They do rhyme. Remember when our our, our uh, rotation rhymed? That was a lot of fun. So uh, who has seen him? Patrick Wisdom has seen him. but uh, And he might be coming up soon because... Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Madrigal, how bad this hamstring thing is, but I don't know. We'll see. But uh, anyway, Wisdom won't be here today, but he's seen him the most. The, sec the guy who's seen him the second most is Ian Happ. He's only two for nine, probably because he's batting for the right side, which he's not very good at. Um, uh, nobody has homered off of him. 
Uh, Nico Horner's only one for eight uh, and with a walk. Uh, Cody Bellinger's only one for five. Uh, Jan Gomes is the only one that does anything against him. He's three for five. But, uh, yeah, nobody has an extra. Mike Tockman is one for two. I, I mean, it's not good. Cubs batting 204 only with a 508 OPS. Um, yeah, not great. Hopefully we go in with a, a better game plan than we have been because – Cubs, they got to stop the bleeding. Like, otherwise, this is turning into a lost season real quick. I mean, this this stretch before the All-Star break, we knew it was going to be brutal, but they only have one win since they came back from London. And, uh, wow. I mean, they they could dig themselves an un, undiggable hole uh, by the end of this series if, if they – because they're not going to beat the Yankees. They've never won in New York against the Yankees. Never. You got to win some games. You got to win the rest of these three games. Milwaukee's beatable. Um, Miley's beatable. Um, he's been good this year. This is going to be a pitcher's duel, and it's going to go real fast. Game starts at three o'clock. The weather it's going to be hot, and let me just warn you: if you are going to this game, um, you will be hot inside of Miller Park. It's going to be eighty-eight degrees out there. Um, there is barely any wind that can get, I get in. I don't know what the roof status is going to be, but there is no air in there at all. It is a poorly designed stadium with no air conditioning. It is brutal when it gets hot in there. And that goes for tomorrow, too. It's going to be 91, um, but at least it's a night game on the on the 5th. So uh, just be careful out there. I've... They literally tried to kill Sun Ranto great Bill Sugis. And there's an air quality alert. I know that Milwaukee Brewer fans and Cub fans really like to drink and tailgate, but do not do it. You will be sad. You will be you will die. Um yeah. Be careful out there. Anyway, that's one of the worst games of the year. Hopefully today is one of the best games of the year. That's all I got for you. Happy 4th of July. Hope you're having a good one. Hopefully you don't have to work. Don't blow your hands off with illegal fireworks. And Spugog. Do you shop at Amazon? Unfortunately, we all do. So please shop through our links at sunranto.com slash stuff and get us a little money. Doesn't cost you an extra dime and it gets us a couple of dimes. Here's a song about it. Stuff. Hey Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through SunRanto.com slash stuff. All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to SunRanto.com slash and click any of our links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus you could win a monthly prize if some of your is chosen for Amazon Stuff. of the month. And if you win, we'll send you more. Stuff. 
it is July 5th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod. I'm your host, Michael Cotton, bringing you a daily dose of digestible Cubs content for the Bleacher Bunch Network. This is produced by the Bleacher Bunch for the fans' first sports network. Make sure you go out, find them on your podcatcher, and give us both a five-star review. I kind of liked starting with the preview last time, so I'm going to keep that going. And uh, the game, there is a game tonight in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They call it American Family Field. I call it Miller Park because that's just such a better name. The game will get going at 7-10 Chicago Standard Time. And your pitchers will be Justin Steele versus Adrian Hauser. I will not make any Rocky jokes. Not going to happen. So I was not going to make any Rocky jokes because his name's Adrian, which is, that makes sense. And I'm still not, but I do need to point out his nickname is Doogie. I mean, more power to him, but I would have gone with a Rocky reference versus Doogie Hauser. Well, Doogie happens to be 3-2 and two on the season. He's got a 3.88 ERA. He has played in 10 games. He started 8 of them. He's got 46.1 innings pitched, 30 strikeouts. So, you know, that's not too dangerous there. Uh, must be a pitch-to-contact type of guy, which, hey, I like those type of guys. Uh, when they're on my team, at least. And then uh, he's got a 1.51 whip this season. So that's not the best numbers in the world. Hopefully the Cubs can get to him. In his last three games, he went up against Arizona on the 19th of June, pitched four innings against a good Arizona team, uh, only gave up three hits, one earned run, had two walks, and one strikeout in those four innings, but that was actually not a start. Those four innings came, uh, in relief. So I was looking at them like, why would you pull a guy after four innings with those sort of numbers? But yeah, apparently, uh, he came out of the bullpen that day. Then against Cleveland, he came out of the bullpen, uh, got one inning, gave up two hits, had one strikeout and nothing else happened. Then, uh, he actually did get a start. So he was a starter. They put him in the bullpen for a minute, and then he got back to starting against the Mets on uh, June 29th, and he won. He went six innings. He gave up seven hits, uh, two runs, both earned, uh, both on solo shot home runs. One walk, five strikeouts in that game. Uh, The Mets are not very good this year, and... I mean, I guess he's limiting damage by only giving up solo shot home runs. But that seems to be a thing with him. In Arizona, he gave up a solo shot home run. In uh, Milwaukee, solo shot home run. Like, there's a lot of that happening. So, okay. So, I guess we just need to get guys on base. And then maybe uh, Adrian Hauser gives up more than solo shots. 
Barnhart is hitting 300 against Adrian Hauser, so we can expect to see him again. I uh, I made the jokes last time about how he would be in that game, and lo and behold, he was. Now, I did get a little bit of the business because he did get some hits, but uh, at least one of those should have been an error. Hap is also hitting 300, and both of those guys are in 10 at-bats, so that's three hits in 10 at-bats. Uh, Dansby Swanson is hitting 250 in eight at-bats, so that's not too bad. That's two hits in eight tries. Patrick Wisdom has uh, four at-bats and is hitting 500, so two out of four, not too shabby, unless it's a series and then it sucks. Everybody else doesn't have enough really to consider it, you know, threes and twos, but nobody has really hit much off of him except for Bellinger who has two hits and two tries. So, and that's, you know, probably due to the fact that he's in the bullpen. He's a starter. He's in the bullpen. He's not just a starter all the time. So they don't get a lot of opportunities to go up against him except for, you know, Barnhart and Hap. Justin Steele, on the other hand, is uh, he's actually on paper way better than Adrian Hauser. He's nine and two on the season. He's got a two point four three ERA that leads the entire major leagues. He has seventy six strikeouts. Adames has sixteen at bats against him. He's hitting two fifty. He has one home run. Yelich has seen him as 16 times as well, and he's hitting 375. Uh, then you got William Contreras, seen him four times. Oh, Rowdy Telez, nine times. He's got one hit, but that's it. I mean, nobody else is really doing anything against him. Uh, Steele, in his last three outings, uh, and these are the three outings that he's had since he came back from the IL. He was gone a little bit. Jumped in uh, his return versus Baltimore. That's a tough team to go up against. He got five innings. He gave up five hits, two earned runs, uh, one walk, and four strikeouts. Against St. Louis, he went six innings, gave up five hits again, one earned run in that one, and one walk, eight strikeouts. Against Cleveland, he went 6.1, three hits, no runs, one walk, six strikeouts. He's been excellent this year, and I continue, I that's going to keep going. I, I say he's going to win that win this game tonight, provided the bullpen can hold up their end of this deal. And with that, I guess, I mean, maybe I can talk a little bit more about this game. I think it's going to be hot. That's all I got. I don't know. Okay, let's talk about the 4th of July game that the Cubs were winning handily. Had this thing locked up. They were winning. Uh, it was seven, six to 2 in the 8th inning. That's all. It, they just had to get 6 outs. That's it. You get 6 outs and you're through. They did not do that. Milwaukee scored two in the eighth and two in the ninth. And then it it ended with a tie. I don't know what to say. There's nothing else to say about this game. Nobody wants to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, they fly the T for the second time this week. 
That's it. Uh, I don't know. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Spugog. Okay. All right. I guess I am going to have to go through this game for you a bit. Uh, it was good early. I mean, let's talk about some of the early stuff. <sighs> um, Suzuki, say a Suzuki in the second inning tripled. So he's kind of breaking out of his slump a little bit. Uh, the triple was a nice when he hit it, you know, in the gap and center field and went all the way to the wall and he was paying attention and you know, Joey Weimer Weimer wasn't able to pick it up very well and say it made him pay for it. Um, the ball actually did get in there fairly close to say but just not on line because that's a tough play to make. And then uh, right after that, the, Bad Cubs showed up, Trey Mancini and uh, Cody Bellinger. You know, they start the inning with a guy on third, and Mancini strikes out. Bellinger pops out to the third baseman, and all of a sudden, it looks like we're going to strand a leadoff triple. Luckily, Jan Gomes was in here as a DH in this game and got a hit out. You know, he, he hit a double out to right field, which was really nice. Uh, scored, say, a Cubs up, one nothing. Okay, so I just realized I have to rewind here a little bit to the bottom of the first. Uh, nobody scored. Uh, it was a 1-2-3 inning. But the thing I wanted to talk about was Christopher Morrell playing third base because, yes, he's finally getting some time at third base. It only took them half the season and... Everyone and their brother who could possibly play third base had to die or something. I don't know. But uh, Yelich grounded out to Morrell, and Morrell looked good handling the ball, and then, you know, maybe a little too nonchalant, waited a little bit, and threw the ball in. It was a closer play. I mean, it was a pretty simple play. I feel like he could have gone a little bit earlier on the throw. And maybe he felt like that because when William Contreras got up, uh, he grounded out to Christopher Morell as well. But the ball was sort of a bouncer and Morell was charging it. And on that one, Morell rushed the throw. Like the first one was was on time, you know, and fine. But maybe just a, like a half step slower than you would have liked uh, with Christian Yelich running, and then, you know, with William Contreras, he rushed the throw. He was running, he didn't set his feet, and he fired it in there, and the the it was offline. Luckily, Mancini was able to catch the ball and tag out William Contreras, who was really nowhere near the bag. So, you know, um, we, we've been talking about Christopher Morrell and why he's not getting his opportunities at third base. What I'm seeing... And it's only a little bit. I'm seeing a guy that can play the game, but literally just hasn't had the opportunity to time things up and figure it out, right? Because the first one was a little bit too late. Still gets the out. The second one, 
a little too rushed, still gets the out. He can do it. He just needs to sort of get his brain working at third base. You know, like he's got to start to figure out these runners and get the feel and the timing down. You don't get to do that when you're playing center field, right field, second base, all these stupid things, right? So I honestly, I think he looks good as a fielder and I think he's going to be a really good third baseman if they will let him continue to do it, which, you know, he's finally getting a, a little run and I think it's just going to get better than it is right now. And in this game, there were no issues really other than just a little bit of timing. All right, let's get back to the Cubs offense scoring runs. Dansby Swanson led off the third with a monster shot to center field. Just absolutely crushed it. The only thing that wasn't great about it is the fact that it's in Miller Park. And at Miller Park, when you hit monster shots to center field and they are majestic and they're beautiful, they end up hitting a wall and just not even leaving the field. It's Miller Park makes for some of the most boring, amazing home runs that you've ever seen. Like he hit that thing. It was forever. If that was at Wrigley, it probably would have been over the batter's eye in center you know, and, and rattled up in there and stuff. And it would have looked amazing because you could see sort of how far it was going out into the stands. But at Miller Park, it's like, oh, exactly at 401 feet, there's a wall crack and it just drops back on the field and is dumb. But the home run was great. I liked that. But that was all they got. Lead off homer. Uh, moving on into the fourth because nothing else really happened in the third except for say got a single so like i said he's sort of breaking out of his slump uh triple in a single gotta love it in the fourth uh the only thing real big that happened in this inning was that nico horner made an amazing play over at second base uh yelich pulled a ball into right field and literally into right field horner had to really truck to get over there uh snagged it slid popped up and fired the ball to mancini for the out uh it was it was just a really good play didn't want to let it slip by don't always get to talk about the defense too much i'm going to try to do that a little more often on this show because i really want to keep these things shorter (laughs) sorry in the fifth ian happ singles christopher morell Follows that up with a double. And then Trey Mancini, uh, he flew out to center field, which I watch the opposing team's announcers, and they were a little frustrated with this play because uh, their center fielder, he's rookies, I guess, still figuring things out. Uh, he makes the catch. It's very short. They wanted him to throw home to try and get Hap at home plate and keep a run from scoring instead he threw to third to keep morell at second and they were a little bit dumbfounded by that i think everybody was a little bit surprised uh i know william Contreras behind the plate was looked miffed uh looked a bit like wilson out there uh frustrated with his teammates not going to the proper uh base not making the play Bellinger followed up the sack fly with a uh, a shot right up the middle that kind of ate up Adames. Uh, 
and you know he couldn't handle it went into center field and we get another run with morell scoring easily from second base on the play cubs are now up four nothing and uh, i did not mention earlier kyle hendricks was throwing a no hitter going into the fifth um, and I did want to point this out because this ties into Morrell playing third base. And like I said, he, you know, maybe need a little bit better decision making, get his timing down a little bit. Um, but on this, Owen Miller singles this is more like a swinging bunt, uh, you know, to the left side of the field. Morrell runs forward, picks it up barehanded and sticks it in his pocket. And I just have to note that that was the absolute right thing to do. And in that situation, you got a pitcher with a no hitter. You got a young guy over there playing. Maybe he gets a little too excited and tries to make an an amazing play happen to, you know, keep the no hitter going. But he didn't do it. Made the right play. Stuck in his pocket. I'm telling you, I think Christopher Morrell could actually be a good third baseman if they just let him do it. And you don't always talk about the non-plays, the plays that you don't make as, I don't know, evidence that that's good. But that's exactly what we're doing with this one because, you know, hey, if he throws that ball, uh, he's not going to get the out. Just not. And uh, maybe he sails it because he's rushing to throw. Who knows? But he made the right play in that situation. I was very happy about that. Uh, but then, you know, there was a guy on base and then um, Owen Miller steals second. Uh, the ball kind of gets away. It was not a great throw. It was a worse pick by uh, by Dansby over there. And it got out into center field, like right center field. It was way out there. Luckily, Owen Miller stayed at second base. Then Bryce Trang singled and brought him in from second. And it is now four to one. But then Bryce, Bryce Trang got caught stealing second base. Uh, he would have been safe, but he couldn't hang on to the bag. Slid in ahead of the tag. But Nico was smart enough to keep on him and uh, keep the tag on. And when the guy came off the bag a little bit, he was out. In the sixth inning, the Brewers scored again. Uh, there was a single by Christian Yelich, and then he stole second base. And then William Contreras came up to hit and just you know got a little nubber off the end of the bat, rolling up the first base line. And Miguel Amaya ran up, got the ball, and then here's you know where like you gotta. It's it's all about the decision making, right? It wasn't a bad idea to try and get this out. It wasn't a great throw. And, of course, you got Mancini over there playing first, who made no effort to try and get this ball. It was a bad throw. It really was. And maybe he couldn't get He still didn't really try. Anyway, it's it's mainly on Amaya, though. I got to say, it's on Amaya. He tried to flip the ball there. What he should have done in that situation is actually flip the ball into William Contreras' back. And then they would have had arguments and all sorts of stuff because William Contreras would have been out. He was running right down the line. If you hit him in the back, it makes it seem... I mean, I've heard this before. Like, catchers are told, hit 
your guy in the back because if he's on the line, they can say that it was it was a uh, he was in the play like he he blocked the play. So I don't know. He didn't do that though, and uh, the ball got away. Contreras ended up at second base, and Yelich was able to score on all the ensuing stuff. In the eighth, the Cubs start scoring again. Uh, Mancini singled, then Bellinger singled, so that was good. We had guys on base, and we're getting pitching changes and all sorts of stuff. And Miguel Amaya gets up and redeems himself by hitting a double and scoring Jared Young, who was put in in place of Mancini to pinch run, uh, he scored from second base, and Bellinger was able to get in from first. And he was able to score from first because of Maya's shot. I mean, he just really rocked it, and it hit the base of the wall, like just a line drive over Yelich's head, and then dropped and hit the base of the wall out there, and then just shot back into the field of play right past uh, Yelich, who is, you know, had his momentum going the other direction and that's what allowed him to get the double and for the run to score all the way from first so now it's six to two cubs only need to get six outs and uh unfortunately they did not do so uh julian merriweather came in and he julian merriweather has been lights out just been great for quite a while uh no more of the scary weather that we saw that first outing until yesterday merriweather hit joey weimer with the pitch so put him on then he got two fly outs so you know we're thinking not too big a deal but then there was a single from william Contreras. And then a single from Roddy Telez that scored uh, Joey Weimer. And Contreras was then on third. And that was enough for Merriweather. Um, at least Ross did this right. Like, he recognized that Merriweather did not have it and got Al- Edbert Alzali in there right away. Unfortunately, AA didn't have it either. And AA versus the Brewers is not a great matchup uh willie adamas doubled and scored Contreras, and luckily rowdy telez is very slow and he only made it to third regardless the brewers scored two runs in that inning but say it's not a problem look we still got three outs we're still up by two runs should be able to handle it right wrong the beer men were just beating uh, AA in this game it just wasn't good. Rymel Tapia hit a single, then Bruce Terang hit a single, then Yelich hit a single, and that scored a run. And now the Brewers were down only by one. And then uh, Adbert Alzali hit Jesse Winker with a pitch, and that loaded the bases. Then William Contreras. Hit a sacrifice fly, and that scored uh, Bruce Terang. And there it was. Game tied. Fly the T. Everything's over. Now, you know I did not watch this in real time, but I did have to go back because enough happened in these extra innings that I had did have to talk about it. And so here you go. This is my quick clown ball review. 
we got to see Daniel Palencia, and he throws the ball really fast, and that's actually pretty good. Uh, he had fairly good control yesterday, so that was nice. But the hero of the 10th inning was Ian Happ. Now, I have said a million times that Ian Happ does not have a great arm. I still think that's true. But in this game, everything worked perfectly for him. It was a sharply hit ball, so it got to him very quickly. He got to it in you know, mid to almost short left field, so the throw is not that long. He's running forward. And uh, you get Monasterio coming from second and not moving quickly. He kind of stumbled a little bit around third. Probably shouldn't have tried for it, but of course they're going to try for it because everybody knows Ian Happ doesn't have a great arm. In this moment, though, he fired that thing in, and it was a perfect throw. Uh, Miguel Amaya catches it, drops down, makes the tag, and he's out. And then Miguel Amaya is still paying attention and sees that Owen Miller is trying to get to second on the throw, and he pops up, throws it over to second to Nico Horner, who grabs the ball, and uh, Owen Miller can't hang on to the bag. And then they do a bunch of crawling around and some diving and flipping and flopping, and Nico Horner gets the out. So it's a double play on that. Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, look, Ian Happ, perfect throw. It was, it was set up for him to... Everything was going in his favor, and he executed the play perfectly. Great job by him. And then Amaya keeping his head going in the game and not just, you know, sitting there with the out throws over to second Nico with the extra efforts to get the out. Like everything on that play was excellent for the Cubs. Uh, then of course they challenged it and they challenged the, the blocking of the plate. He did not block the plate. That's just not a thing. When you have the ball, when you have the ball, you can do whatever you want. You, you, you don't have to let the, the runner have a lane if you have the ball in your glove. That's the rules. And, you know, but they kind of had to change it. You could see counsel's like his body language. He didn't want to change. <laughs> he didn't want to challenge it, but he just went ahead and did it because it's extra innings and you got to kind of hope something happened. Calls were confirmed two outs out of the inning in the 11th. Uh, we got some interesting things going on. Nico Horner singled. And that drove in Cody Bellinger, who was the Manfred man out there on second base doing who knows what. So it's not an earned run. I don't know what that even means. I don't understand how you score that. And I don't care to. I'm a little annoyed that I even have to talk about these extra two innings right now. Um, and then, so Nico Horner's over on first and Dansby Swanson is hitting and Dancy B. Swanson gets struck out after strike two. And this is where we get into Eric Backus. This is a name I hope we don't learn, but we're hearing about it right now. Eric Backus did not have a great strike zone throughout the entire game. It just wasn't all that good. I think it was fairly consistent. I, I don't really want to go back and really check on that, but uh, he was he was calling a lot of stuff off the plate strikes and then in this situation he just lost track of what he was doing and strike two and he did the little arm movement to say that Dansby was out 
well, that pissed Dansby off. And he's like, dude, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was strike two. Well, all of a sudden, Mike Napoli gets ejected by Andy Fletcher, the crew chief over at first base, which so what happened over there? We will never know because Marquis did not follow the play over there. This is what I think happened, though. Uh, just based on listening to the announcers and that Napoli got thrown out, I think that Nico Horner was over there talking crap. I think he was, you know, sort of saying something to you know about to Napoli about the, you know, about Eric Backus because of how bad he'd been all day, and that's fine. He can do that. He should be allowed to do that. There's nothing wrong with talking to the other first baseman, talking to your coach about the fact that you don't like what the ump is doing. Except Andy Fletcher is a little whiny baby. Now, I don't know if any of this is actually what happened, but Andy Fletcher is a little whiny baby, and he steps in and starts like arguing with Nico Horner, which he should not do. He's instigating an argument with a player. He needs to sit his butt over there and not say a word. So then, of course, Napoli steps in because now there's an argument with the player. He gets tossed, and then Ross has to go out there and talk, and Ross keeps his cool. And then as Ross is walking by, he says something to Bacchus, and I think he said probably something along the lines of, great job, you got my guy tossed out, whatever. I don't know. But then David Ross gets tossed. By Bacchus. It's, it was the stupidest thing in the world. And it's all ump show. And it's just annoying. I hate it. These guys need to be... they. There needs to be some sort of uh, ability to find these guys for doing this. Because I think Andy Fletcher started that argument. I think it was his fault that any of that got going. And it was all because Eric Bacchus couldn't figure out whether it was strike two. Or strike three. Anyway, uh, Dansby does end up striking out. We get to the, you know, the bottom of the 11th. You got Bryce Terang flies into another double play to end the inning out to Ian Happ. And this, and this was another play that really set up to help Happ out on this. It was a weak fly ball into just about the same distance as you know where he picked up the grounder in the first or in the 10th inning uh the first time he got the double play uh so right around the same time and then you know the tag up he starts running but you got Hap out there firing in he makes another perfect throw and and it beats uh Owen Miller by a mile so that's what's rough for that dude is that he was the second out in the 10th and the 11th on the two double plays that Ian Happ made. And that's because of the stupid clown ball rules. He was the last guy out. So that put him as the Manfred man starting in the 11th. And then he ends up being the last out of the game. And what? What a way to end the game for him. Happy 4th of July to Owen Miller. Cubs win. It's exciting, but it feels like we lost because we blew that lead and we needed 
absolute insane heroics by Ian Happ in order to win the game. Uh, so it, it, I don't know. It was a little bit hollow when you blow that, but I mean, hey, let's just fly the W and be happy with it, I guess. And that's another 30-minute Cubs pod. Good Lord. One of these days, I'm just going to tell you the box score and get the hell out of here. But I'm done. Spugog for real this time. The Cubs a bunch Buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch We've got all the best styles for you Dansby Sayer, Morel too Clark Fly in his W Cody Bellinger, Smoking Dudes Vintage shirts from days of old Patrick Wisdom and Nico You'll look sharp wearing your strobe 10% off with the code S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at InTheClutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from InTheClutch. Get it all at InTheClutch. Get it all at InTheClutch. It is July 6th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod. We are a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Sports Network. Please find us on all your pod catcher apps under Bleacher Bunch Network and uh, Fans First Sports Network. And please leave us a review. It really helps. We need to get this thing up and running And you're the people we trust the most with that. Thank you. As for the game, we will see Marcus Stroman going up against Freddie Peralta in Miller Park, a.k.a. American Family Field in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at 110 Chicago Standard Time. This Cubs lineup and Freddie Peralta know each other fairly well. There are a number of guys approaching 20 at-bats. Okay, actually only two. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, which, good Lord, I hope they don't play him again. I cannot believe that they keep putting him in there. They pulled him from yesterday's game because guess what? He's not as good as Gomes, and he's not as good as Amaya. And he shouldn't be on this team. But against Freddie Peralta, he's hitting 294 and 17 at bats, and he does have a home run. So this is where the numbers get this stupid team in trouble. And I kind of expect they gave him a break at the end of that game so that his legs would still be ready to go for this game. Good Lord, 
I hope not, but that may be the case. Ian Happ has 19 at-bats against Freddie Peralta. He has one home run, so that's good. It's a lot better than the next number. I think that's the only time he's ever hit off of him was that one home run because he has a .053 batting average against Freddie Peralta. So I guess we're going to see somebody new in left field because that's how the Cubs play this game. If you have some bad numbers, it doesn't make any difference who you are or what you do for the team. In any other context, they're just going to bench you. Nico Horner is batting 273 in 11 at bats, and Dansby Swanson in seven at bats is batting zero against Freddie Peralta. And since we saw Swanson get pulled from the game early yesterday, uh, we might actually see Horner start this game at shortstop. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, it seems like that might be a way to go if they want to give Swanson a little bit of a break. Nobody else on this team has enough at-bats to really make any calls at all, except for uh, the Cubs probably will anyway. But I don't care about that. I'm moving on to Marcus Stroman. Stroman and Adames have uh, faced each other the most. Uh, 15 at-bats for Adames. He's hitting 533. That is not great for Stroman. Plus, uh, Adamas has two home runs. Again, not a good matchup for Stroman. That's going to be rough. Uh, Rymel Tapia has seen Stroman 12 times. He is hitting 167. I'm much, much happier with that one. Winker and Yelich both have nine at-bats, and Yelich is hitting 222. Winker is hitting 111. So Yelich is twice as good as Winker. Stroman and Peralta uh, seem to have very pretty similar numbers. Uh, Stroman has a 2.76 ERA, though, and that is almost two runs better than Freddie Peralta, who's at 4.67. They uh, Stroman has 92 strikeouts. Peralta has 97. And Stroman has thrown 20 more innings this year. He's at 107 innings already. That's pretty good. We may see Stroman get over 200, which is something that doesn't happen for a lot of pitchers anymore. Of course, the Cubs could also trade him and we won't actually see that. But I hope not. And I hope we get to see 200 plus innings from Stroman. Okay. And that will be today's game. Again, kicking off at 110 Chicago Standard Time. Let's get into last night's game. Uh, The Cubs Come from behind victory. Uh, very nice. After the after the Brewers did it to the Cubs the night before, the Cubs came back and did it to the Brewers last night. Justin Steele did not have his A game last night. Still went six innings, but he did give up nine hits and three earned runs, uh, including a home run to Adames. Uh, his ERA did go up, uh, unfortunately, but only to 2.56. That is still amazing. And you can't expect somebody to do sub two or sub three ER like runs every single game. Three runs in six innings. That's actually what they call a quality start. 
And when you get a quality start, you expect your offense to be able to produce enough to make that a win. Adrian Hauser uh, did not have a quality start. He only went five innings. He gave up, but he only gave up one earned run. So, like I said, the offense has to be able to uh, support the pitcher in that quality start if you want those to turn into W's. And the Cubs last night actually did not support Steele in doing that. But they did come back later and help out Rucker, who gets the win for the game for his two innings pitched and three walks. Three walks in two innings. He didn't give up a hit. He didn't give up any. He didn't strike anybody out. Nothing like that. Uh, He's got zeros across the board and three walks. But, hey, that works better than what we've seen. I guess it's better if he accidentally walks somebody rather than let somebody just tee off on him. The Cubs did get the scoring started in this game. Uh, That one run that Hauser gave up was in the third inning. Uh, He hit Mike Talkman with a pitch. And then Seiya Suzuki was able to move him over to third uh, with a single. Seiya had a great game, uh, went three for four, had one strikeout. Um, He seems to be back. You know, this uh, trip up to Milwaukee has really gotten him going. He had a triple and a single yesterday. He had three hits, or not yesterday, the day before, and then three hits in last night's game. Uh, Welcome back, Seiya. Ian Happ singled. And he drove in Mike Talkman to take the 1-0 lead. It was short-lived, though, because Wilson's little brother, William, was able to get a single and drive in Andrew Monasterio. Steele did make it through six innings. It was tied until the bottom of the six when he came out. And uh, the, the wheels fell off a little bit. Not too bad. Willie Adamas hit a solo shot to lead off that inning. Um, then he got a strikeout, but then he gave up a single uh, to Jemai Jones. Jemai Jones steals second base. Uh, he got another strikeout, and then Brian Anderson hit a single, and that drove in Jemai Jones, and the score was 3-2-1. And this is where I fully expected David Ross to you know, pull out the hook and get rid of Justin Steele because, as we know, David Ross loves to pull pitchers with two outs in an inning and not allow them to work through anything. Instead, it's so much more fun to put bad bullpen arms out there with guys on base and one out to get. So Ross showed some uh, uncharacteristic uh, patience, and Andrew Monasterio singled, which made it a little scary, but then Joey Weimer flew out to Cody Bellinger and Justin Steele was able to work through the inning as a lot of these pitchers could if they were just given the chance. And when you do that, that allows you to bring in Michael Rucker with a clean inning, nobody on base. And when you have nobody on base, it's not a big deal when you give up three three walks, get no strikeouts, you know? because uh, those walks don't hurt too bad when there's nobody on base. In the top of the ninth, the Cubs were down by two. Three to one, that's not, uh, you know, hey, you can come back from two down, right? Like you feel like you should be able to, 
most of us watching this game did not think that was going to happen because the Cubs generally do not. Uh, but, hey, it worked this time. Cody Bellinger singled, and then uh, Christopher Morrell struck out, which was frustrating, but he did get a hit earlier in this game. And then we get Jared Young, who Jared Young has been struggling from the plate. He really has been. He's playing a good defensive first base, but from the plate, not good. Uh, but, hey, hey, you know what? He singled this time. He came up in a clutch situation. Now, I'm not saying Jared Young is clutch, but that was a big spot, and he got it. Uh, Then Gomes grounds out, but it moves everybody around a little bit, station to station. And then Mike Talkman hits a double. Cody Bellinger scores. Jared Young scores. That ties the game up. And, oh, man, are we going into clown ball again? Well, we might have been, except for uh, Nico Horner hits the ball to third base. Third baseman makes a bad throw over to first. The ball gets away, and Talkman, running from second, uh, keeps on going and was able to beat the throw to home plate and score the third run in the inning. Very exciting uh, way to you know kind of get that last run. It kind of reminded me of the way the Marlins walked off on the on the Cardinals yesterday too or maybe the night before I don't know it was but you know hey love seeing the Cardinals throw a ball away and get walked off on because of it and also love to see the Brewers it wasn't a walk-off because we were in Milwaukee but love to see the Brewers just make a bad play at the end and that allows the Cubs to score and take the lead and the nemesis to the beer makers is AA. And Adbert Azalai went out there and shut them down in the ninth to lock in the win and get the save for himself. And it, it was really nice because Azalai had a little bit of an issue yesterday. He had two innings pitched and it felt like, oh, well, maybe he wouldn't be available for this game. But they brought him in in the save situation and he did it he nailed it it was very nice like to see the the kid having success speaking of a kid having success uh i want to point out that christopher morell had uh two very very good plays over at third base in this game first inning a line shot that he was able to just kind of hop up and pull down uh for an out and then he had a ball that the ball went right over the top of third base, which is a fair ball. He was able to get over there, snag it, and then make a nice strong throw over to Jared Young at first, who was, you know, looking like an actual first baseman and pulling that thing in. I'm telling you right now, Madrigal maybe throws that ball to the pitcher's mound. There's no way he can make that play ever. He just can't do it his arm is not strong enough to make the throw that uh, Christopher Morrell made on that play. The kid can play third. Of course, that doesn't mean he stayed at third. They actually, uh, they pulled Swanson in this game. Uh, Nobody is really sure why. I personally, I think he was angry. I think he was upset. He has had some really bad calls go against him with the umpiring crew this week and uh, this particular umpiring crew. And I think maybe they just pulled him to, you know, let him settle down a little bit because I'm, I get it. Like 
they they are kind of messing with him out there. It's bad. And so they moved uh, Nico over to short. They moved Morell over to second. And they brought in uh, Patrick Wisdom to play third. And you know what? Hey, Patrick Wisdom, not too bad at third himself. Made a very, very nice play over there. And that just tells you all you need to know. Wisdom and Morell could have been holding down third base all season long instead of waiting until half the season is over because you want to give Nikki five steps every chance that you can for some unknown reason. And the thing that I just learned is apparently these podcasts do not need to be 30 minutes long if you just make a plan. That's it for me. Uh, have a good day. See you on Discord. I am out at home, Spagog. Pedro Stroman. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on July the 7th. 2023 lucky number seven seven sevens i wish i had better things to tell you on this day of luck but i do not because the cubs failed to take three or four at the very least from the milwaukee brewers up in milwaukee and uh, instead they split the series they really could have swept this one easily they were up in the first game that they lost six to nothing they did steal one by coming from behind. I was in in attendance uh, with Crawley's Cubs and, of course, Brewers fanatic Eric Wheelow on Wednesday night. So it was at least fun to see them steal that one. Crawley took his shirt off. I don't think he remembers, but he did. And uh, Eric Wheelow, 
uh, was sad, and I know that ranters love that. But we could not get the W yesterday, despite some heroics at the end of the game. It was just too little, too late, and the Cubs just were not, frankly, good enough. They didn't have a good enough lineup to beat the Brewers. And in my estimation, the Cubs are now sellers. The thing that really hurt this one is that um, the game was won by Victor Caratini, who was a throw-in in in the Darvish trade. I'll get all to it because I'm going to tell you about Marcus Stroman versus Freddie Peralta in the top of the first Hap walks because, of course, he did. Um, Hap, that's pretty much all he does is walk. In fact, he he walks and strikes out looking. That's his thing. And I was like, God, he must be up there as far as, you know, leading the league in walks. And boy, does he. Oh, my God. He has 61 walks on the season. And that is second in the major leagues. First, and I know you know you want to know, has 81 walks, 20 more, which is a lot because the next guy behind Hap has like 58 or something like that. 81 walks for Juan Soto. That's why he's having an off year. It's like with Bryce Harper, nobody wants to pitch to him. It's better you're better off to walk him. So anyway, Hap, great job walking. Uh, your OBP is ridiculously high. It's not really all that helpful. It's better than striking out, I guess. But anyway, he did that. But I'll, uh, he did strike out quite a bit later in this game. But before he struck out, uh, Tachman and Suzuki struck out in the top of the first. In the bottom of the first, Stroh got him one, two, three. Good, strong start from Mark Stroman, showing why he's an all-star, even though he's decided not to play in the game, which I'm glad of. I'm I'm glad he's not going to play in the game because the, a the All Star game, not my favorite game. It's an exhibition game right in the middle of the year when guys need to rest and Stro needs to rest. So because this was not a great game for him, he had too many walks. Um, but we'll get to all that. He was good until he was bad. He fell apart in the fifth. But I'm I'm getting there. In the top of the second, Morell's homer became a double because it hit off the top of the fence and bounced back into play. Uh, then uh, Bellinger doubled him in. So Cubs were up early in this one, one to nothing. Uh, Gomes then grounded out. Young and Wisdom struck out because those guys suck, actually. They're not really good. Jared Young, uh, hit whatever thing he was, that whatever spark he was going to bring up for the minor leagues, it's over. And so you got to you got to get rid of him. Mas- Matt Mervis is actually matching again. Hit a home run last night. I mean, he's your future, not Jared Young. Why Young is here and Mervis is not? Maybe they're working on something with Mervis, but it's over. And I expect it to be over at least after this weekend series with the Yankees. But wisdom is just terrible. I don't know what happened to that guy. He strikes out fifty percent of the time. He struck out again twice in this game. They he just it's over. The Patrick Wisdom and anything he had going on is done. They found his. They found the hitch in his swing. They found where he can't hit it. They just throw it there. He strikes out. That's all there is to it. So uh, bottom of the second, uh, Owen Miller, who, I mean, he's not good. I mean, in fact, you look up and down the Brewers lineup, and they're not good. Um, Owen Miller singled, stole second. I mean, this guy, 
this is a team that you look up and down their lineup. You're like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And they keep just doing well against us. But you do see some of the rookie mistakes, like the the ball he missed uh, just the other day that allowed. Um, God, who was it? Uh, was Bellinger reach? I forget. It was two games ago. But um, in the, the error that got committed, um, it was on him, I, I believe. And um, so, you know, young team. But, you know, he's got... This Brewers team, they are in first or second right now, um, and they do it with guys like Owen Miller. Uh, top of the third, uh, Talkman struck out. I think he might be done too, like the Palatine Pounder. I know he's doing things that you like, and he's been good, but I don't know. These guys aren't real guys. I mean, they're fine, but, geez, every day, just give Talkman the most at-bats at leadoff, like – I guess it's been fine, but, you know, at some point, it's going to be over. And when it's over, it's going to be over, over, like permanently over. Horner got hit by a pitch. Hap walked because, of course, he did. Um, and then uh, you, Suzuki and Morell struck out. And, in fact, uh, because Talkman, Suzuki, and Morell struck out with Horner uh, and Hap getting on in the middle of it, uh, that means he struck out the side. In the bottom of the third, Weimer walked. Uh, Yelich, though, hit in, into a double play, so no damage done. Top of the fourth, you had a leadoff single from Cody Bellinger, but Gomes struck out, Jared Young grounded out, and Patrick Wisdom popped out because, as I mentioned earlier, they stink. Bottom of the fourth, Stroh got him one, two, three, struck out Winker and Miller. Stroh's going strong. Everything's going great. Four innings of Stroh showing why he's an all-star. Just incredible. In the top of the fifth, the Cubs go one, two, three. Hap was called out looking because he doesn't swing anymore. He just wants to walk or strike out looking, apparently. In the bottom of the fifth, um, this is when the wheels fell off for the Cubs. A single from Tapia who stole second. Then uh, he Stroh strikes out Anderson, but he walks Caratini, first and second. Terang flies out. Like, who are these guys? Terang? Um, then Weimer, once again, who is he? He singles in Tapia. It is now one-to-one. Caratini goes to second. Christian Yelich, who has found his stroke again this year, probably back on the juice, um... He hit a three-run bomb. Adamas then walked. Stroh throws a wild pitch. Winker walks. Finally, Owen Miller, who I previously said was good, struck out swinging and ruined the inning for the Brewers, but that was good for the Cubs. In the top of the sixth, Suzuki walked, but Morell struck out. And then Cody Bellinger hit his first home run since April 30th. Now, I know he was injured for a long part of that, but April 30th? Wow, that is quite a long time. I didn't realize it had been that long. But at that point, we came within a run. It was then 4-3 to three Cubs, and that was it for Freddie Peralta. In comes Bryce Wilson. Gomes reached on an error. But Young and Wisdom struck out, and there was nothing more that happened in that inning because Young and Wisdom are terrible. Top of the seventh, Elvis Peguero comes in, goes one, two, three. Um, Talkman grounded out. Horner and Hap struck out. Hap, of course, struck out looking because he's just looking for a walk. Bottom of the seventh, 
Leiter Jr. comes in for the Cubs. Not his best outing. He walks Yelich to lead off the inning. That's always going to be a problem. You never want, I mean, granted he did hit a three-run homer earlier in the game, so I can understand why you might want to pitch around him. But you walk him. He steals second. There's a wild throw. He ends up on third base. Sacrifice fly from Adamas. Um, it is now five to three Brewers. Winker walked, then Owen Miller and Tapia struck out. I always want to say tilapia, but that would be adding a syllable that doesn't exist. Top of the eighth, Suzuki singled, uh, but it had to be overturned to become a single because this umpiring crew cannot see. Uh, all week long, they've been absolutely terrible. Um, they've allowed the Brewers to cheat by closing the roof. They, um, you know, screw, they've thrown people out of the game. Uh, they, uh, the strike zone has been terrible. Uh, it's just been absolutely crap. And probably the Brewers are not happy either. Like they're, you know, they're probably a happy that they got away with the split because the Cubs. Um, really could have won all four of these games. So, uh, but yeah, it's been bad umpiring. Morell hit into a double play after the Suzuki singled, which is really sad because then after the double play and there were two outs, Bellinger singled and then Gomes homered to make it five to five, heroically tying up the game after basically throwing a ball away as the catcher and allowing Yelich to score in the previous inning. He made up for it. He homered. It's five to five. We're all very excited. And then Jared Young came up and struck out because he stinks. Bottom of the eighth, Fulmer comes in, and uh, he's been a lot better lately before you go, oh, I know it's about to happen, because, uh, but he's been a lot better, but not in this game. He gave up a one-out homer to Victor Caratini, who I previously mentioned was a throw-in in the U Darvish trade uh, where we traded for a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of teenagers came and they've been playing in the minors. And uh, yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to see any of them, to be honest. I mean, maybe Reginald Preciado will someday don a Cubs uniform in Chicago, but it, it remains to be seen. But what is to be seen is Victor Caratini hitting a home run against us on his second team since the, well, the Padres and then the Brewers. So not great for us. Top of the ninth. <laughs> Patrick Wisdom, who was scheduled to lead off this inning, did not lead off the inning because in comes Trey Mancini. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, who cares? You're down by a run. You you really don't. You need a, a home run to tie it. You need somebody really just to get on it, somebody else to hit home run and go ahead. But uh, Mancini did his job, but just the idea of Trey Mancini p- pinch hitting for Patrick Wisdom, it just, it's, uh, what are we doing here? So, uh, but I was wrong because Mancini singled, and I thought to myself, like, what's Ross doing here? Like, you know, maybe he knows something that I don't know about uh, Trey Mancini versus Joel Piamps. I'm like, oh, maybe there's something here. And uh, no, actually, uh, Mancini was 0 for 5 going into that at bat. Now he's 1 for 6. So maybe it's that idea that he's due. Um, and Wisdom was 1 for 2 against uh, Joel Piam. So, you know, Ross is like, well, Wisdom already had his hit. 
Don't want, and he's terrible. He's not doing this game. In fact, I finally realized that Patrick Wisdom is a mistake to even put in the lineup. He's terrible. Um, he's not going to get on at all. So let me throw Mancini in there, get him right. He's over five. He's due, and he was due. He got himself a single, but it did not matter, even though the tying run was on base there with Mancini. Tockman flew out. Horner struck out, and Ian Happ actually hit the ball. But I wish he didn't because he popped out to short. Six Cubs struck out twice in this game. Jared Young struck out three times. Cubs struck out 16 times overall. That is a lot of strikeouts for a team that did not hit any. uh, Really uh, don't hit a lot of home runs. They don't. And they hit some home runs, Bellinger. And, um, of course, Gomes hit them in this game. But, you know, Cubs are not a home run hitting team. They strike out. Way too much for that. 16 in this game. Stroh was not at his best. Four runs on four hits, all in that one inning. Uh, Or no, not all in that one inning. It it was tied at that point um, when the three-run homer happened. But still, the wheels fell off for him in the fifth, which seems to happen every now and again. I think he might be a little bit out of juice in this first half. I'm glad he's sitting in the All-Star game. He gave up four walks. Had six strikeouts through five, though. Throw it in the garbage. It's on to New York, where the Cubs have never won a game at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees are 48-30 and 30 in third place. They most recently split with Baltimore, losing embarrassingly yesterday, 14-1. to The Cubs have a better OPS than the Yankees, even though they have the fifth most homers in baseball. Cubs have the 20th most. Um, but the Yankees don't strike out. A lot. They don't walk a lot. They don't steal a lot. And the Cubs have scored seven more runs than the Yankees. And Aaron Judge is hurt. So we won't see him. Uh, I don't think, anyway. Maybe he's trying to get back before the All-Star game. But he hasn't been playing. Um, Anthony Rizzo, old friend, has not homered since May 24th. That's Cody Bellinger-esque. Rizzo was quoted as saying, when you're off mechanically, it sucks. You fight for it, and it comes back in a swing. Uh, I don't know. You know it's going to come back against the Cubs. You know it's going to. You know he's going to go four for four with four homers tonight off a tie-oed. Get it. Well, I'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Their bullpen is pretty good. they're tied with Cleveland, 308 bullpen ERA. They've been using different closers on this team. Uh, it's been just, uh, won't say it's been a college of, of closers. It has not been. Uh, Clay Holmes is their closer. But when you look for guys who have got saves, Holmes only has 10 on the season. You got Michael King with 10. Uh, Wandy Peralta has four saves, actually. And Ron Marin, Man, Marinaccio. I bet he's friends with uh, Anthony Rizzo on this team. Uh, he's even got two saves, and they've got a handful of guy with one saves, one save. Um, but uh, anyway, all those guys I just mentioned have a three ERA or below, so they've got dudes to shut it down at the end of their rotation, or uh, at the end of their bullpen, I should say. Uh, let's where was I? Pitch? Oh yeah. Uh, their pitching is good. Uh, their bullpen ERA is uh, excellent, 308. Defensively, they've committed the fourth most errors, but they've got a better defensive efficiency ratio or against the Cubs, 703 to a 697 Cubs dur. 
Both teams have a 22% chance of throwing you out by their catcher if you try to steal. Um, they've got a couple different catchers. Like us, they're splitting those duties around. Um, they've got a guy named Kyle Higashioka. He's got 131 at-bats in 52 games. And then Jose Trevino has 51 games. So they're really splitting it quite right down the middle. Another guy named Ben Rortvelt has seven games, so he must have just been up for like an injury or something. But, yeah, their kitchens, they are the splitting catching duties in, in on this team. So let's get to tonight's matchup. It's Jamison Tyone. Uh, he's 2-6 and six with a 6.93 ERA. Not good going up against Carlos Rodon, it's, and it's his first start since coming off the injured list. However, he is a lefty, and the Cubs have the eighth-best OPS versus lefties in the major leagues. I'm just trying to give you something positive here. Just, you know, not, this is Carlos Rodon, not just any lefty. And we did face Rodon two times last year, and it didn't go very well. In fact, we lost uh, both games. Actually, no, we won one of the games. But in that game, we only had two hits off of Rodon. This is against the Giants. No, actually, he won this game. Never mind. A win, it was for the Giants, not for us. Um, two hits, He w- two hits, 10 strikeouts, gave up no runs, seven innings pitched. The Giants won four to nothing in San Francisco. Then in Chicago, he only went five per point, 5.1 innings, but he only gave up two runs on three hits. He did give up a home run, but he struck out 11. But... Cubs won the game, <laughs> uh, even though they struck out 11 times. How do we fare against Carlos Rodon? Well, let me tell you. It's uh, not great. Cubs are batting in 78 total plate appearances, 127, with an OPS of 361. Just dog crap. Jan Gomes has a home run. It's the only one that any Cub has off of Rodon. Um, hey, maybe it was him that hit the home run. I didn't look it up, but he's only three for 17. Not great. Bellinger, 0 for 7. Uh, Ian Happ has a couple of hits. Uh, no walks, though, so I'm sure he's looking to improve that. Yeah, not great. Nico Horner, 1 for 5. Morrell, 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Uh, Suzuki's got a couple of hits, but they're singles. Swanson's 0 for 5, but he's hurt. I didn't mention that. Swanson might not play in the All-Star game because he has a heel contusion. I don't think he's on the IL, so we're just playing short because we're idiots. Like, instead of just trying to get somebody up here, give Swanson a rest the last three games, and then into the All-Star break, he's getting a rest anyway because he's not going to play. I mean, I just don't know what's going on. We're sellers. Just rest Swanson. Rest, Rest him the rest of the year. For God's sakes, who cares at this point? It's just ridiculous. Um, so we're going to play short, not bring somebody up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that will happen. Maybe the news is already broken this morning that somebody's coming up. I don't know. So uh, anyway, uh, let's see. How do the uh, Yankees fare against Jamison Tyone? Well, it's terrible. Anthony Rizzo, man, he's going to see the guy that's really going to get him off his uh, his snide. 
He's got two home runs against him. He's batting 455 with a 519 OBP, 773 slugging, 10 for 22. Wow. But anyway, he's carrying the team. He's got the most at-bats against him by far. 27 plate appearances. After that, it's Harrison Bader, who's just one for seven. Franchi Cordero is one for five. DJ LeMayhew, former Cub great, two for seven. Um, Franchi Cordero also has a home run off of Tyone. Yeah, I, this is, I, I mean, Jameson Tyone has had some success in, in the major leagues in the past. He Josh Donaldson went over five against him, for example, on the Yankees. But oh my God, it's it's not good. Is Anthony Rizzo is just going to carry the Yankees? It and uh, the Cubs are going to get blown into oblivion. The weather is going to be great tonight. Uh, low eighties by game time, which is six p.m. Central, seven p.m. local time in New York. And they're giving away a Louis Severino bobblehead. In fact, you know if you you know the Yankees. They don't have to give away any bobbleheads. You know, they're the Yankees. They're like the Cubs in many respects. Um, they can just, they have lots of fans. They don't need to, to give away anything if they don't want to, but they do. They give away lots of things. So if you're a Cubs fan, kind of thinking of that of the Cubs as being one of the cheaper organizations, you are right because the Yankees, they don't have to do this, but they do it. Um, they have Luis Severino bobblehead night tonight. 18,000 fans get it, not 10,000 like in Chicago. 18,000. Um, and do you have to buy a special ticket that you're overpaying for your for your uh, ticket price to get this bobblehead? No, you don't. They're just giving it to the first 18,000 guests. Tomorrow, they're giving away suntan lotion. And this is also against the team like the Cubs, which is going to draw in New York. There's lots of Cub fans in New York. I used to live there. There will be tons of Cub fans at this game. They're going to be handed a Luis Severino bobblehead that they don't even want. They're going to be handed suntan lotion. You know, by Sarave. That's a good company. Cubs don't do shit like this. 18,000 fans are going to get this suntan lotion. On Sunday, against the Cubs, they're giving away a Yankees Hawaiian shirt to 18,000 fans. The Cubs are going to get gypped. I look forward in the Yankees promotional schedule. Nearly every night, they're giving away something. Bobbleheads, mugs, hats. You don't have to buy a special ticket. We are getting so screwed by the Chicago Cubs and the amount, the the lack of things that are are that were given at the door. It is ridiculous. I've never seen a cheaper organization, and they just gouge us left and right with a team that cannot win anything this year. They're terrible. They're calling up rookies who their hope will spark the team who strike out three times. It is. Trash. Trash, I tell you. Anyway, there's your Cubs pod. Uh, the Cubs have never won in New York, and um, I don't expect that to change. I really don't because um, we're, we're, <laughs> we're hitting them with our three worst pitchers. What, what do you want me to say? I mean, you, you got Kyle Hendricks. That's our only hope on Sunday. And that game looks like it could get rained out. Anyhow, I hope we win tonight. Bleacher Bum Band will be playing in South Bend Saturday night. Uh, so I think you should come to, to the game. Uh, look on the Sunranto Ranters page. Look on my Twitter at Sunranto. You'll see all the details if you want to come to the game. You can get tickets and sit with us. You can come to the game to the gig afterwards. Uh, 
It's going to be a lot of fun. McCormick's Coney Island right after the game in South Bend. If you get a wild hair, want to come out, that's where we'll be. Singing the national anthem, too, with Bleacher Jeff, and we sound good. You don't want to miss it. Anyway, have a great day. Spook hog. Or go Cubs backwards. <laughs>